0: I don't know if you're gonna see this voice, my I thought I was happy.
1: Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. The question is, are you happy? Are you I'm happy? the happiest I've ever are been right now. P.S. Be, Be the person who you'd wanna meet because somebody needs, you. somebody needs you.
2: Welcome to Are You Happy? The happy hour.
0: March 17th, go figure, St. Patrick's Day. Um, I was given a choice to either check myself into rehab for alcohol or my parents were going to take my daughter from me
2: and welcome back everyone to another episode of are you happy podcast today is a very special episode in that we share with you a voice message but from anchor our podcast platform.
0: Oh my god, I'm sorry. That's
2: okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yay! <laughs> I'm such a flake. Oh my goodness. What'd
0: you do? <laughs> I'm so ridiculous. Don't even worry about it. We're good. We got I this. Have to know. I have to know now. Nothing. I just couldn't figure out how to turn off my the AirPods, and they're not AirPods, they're my husband's and they're knockoffs. And I couldn't figure it out. There you are. Thank God I have a face.
2: Yeah, I totally have a face. I was just like getting everything together and then i was like you know what while she's gone i'm gonna like do something like this <laughs> oh. i've been out all day so i'm all raggedy you know oh you look gorge girl love so, it love the beads i love the
0: glasses that's so oh, cool I, these are called the oprahs i met oprah but, twice shut up and they're oprah glasses like what okay like they're called the oprahs on amazon
2: does she wear does she wear them are those hers like i don't mean, know oh,
0: i've seen her on a few magazines with something like these yeah
2: yeah that's so cool that's so rad i'm so um, old okay yes yeah no you're not <laughs> that's not what i meant to say wow so we are here because uh well primarily this morning i was going through our voice messages on our podcast which i had no idea we even had some accrued let alone a voice message box <laughs> so it's like yeah i don't even know how i guess i got i could notice but that somehow i never received the other notices for the other two. Um, and so then I heard your message and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then I'm like, can I reply to her? And it wouldn't let me. But then I go on my mobile device and it totally let me see her profile. And I'm like, okay, is she gonna see this? Well, we'll find out. So then Yeah. Cause it was through Anchor. Cause I had a podcast on Anchor. And that's the only reason why
0: it prompted me to leave you a voicemail. And so uh yeah, that was crazy how it worked
2: out. And um I'm glad it did. Yeah, too, me too, man. We're gonna have such so much fun today. Yes. And so so tell me, like, okay, how did you find us? Like initially, were you just listening Instagram. to I was just on Instagram and I saw what makes you
0: happy? And I'm I'm very into people. People are my passion, like hands down. And um, so when I run across something like that, a project like that, it's just um you stop and you pause because you know that someone like myself which is you are behind it.
2: Oh, (laughs) does that make sense? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you identified with the mission and the purpose and and the benefit. A hundred percent.
0: And I'm 39 and I finally found my happiness, Uh, you know, and I'm going through a very transitional stage right now in my life. And when I saw what makes you happy, the, the people's responses were remarkable, you know? And they still have two legs to stand on and, and just sit there and smile it, going through everything that we don't even know they've gone through. You know, that's 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 amazing. That's a gift. That's now what I consider a superpower. Happiness is a superpower. How so? Because um, it shields you. It does shield you from all the pain around around the world, around what's going on, whether it be within your home or whether it be. Um, outside of your home and and your friend group or your social group or politics or, you know, globally, I think if you are truly happy, but my definition of happy and how you get there are probably very different, but that's because of my experiences that I've been through in the last six years. Um,
2: Okay. And so we'll go through those experiences, but in the very, at the very top of that, you mentioned that you're celebrating finding your happy like at thirty nine, which I'm like, wow, that gives me. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I was saying, that gives me hope. I'm thirty eight, but I mean, I'm happy all the time. I'm here. But yeah, uh, tell me about tell me about finding your happy at thirty nine. What happened? How did happen? To give up? all
0: the details. Oh, man. Can you swear on this podcast? I just need to know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll bleep it out if it's bad, but yes. Okay. I just have my happy word is the F word. Okay. but I will bring it down. If I say it, it's out of love and positivity. So, <laughs> um, so my journey started, it'll be six years next month, March 17th, go figure St. Patrick's day. Um, I was given a choice to either check myself into rehab for alcohol, or my parents were going to take my daughter from me. <clears throat> I was an educator at the time. I was a high functioning alcoholic. I had four jobs. I had a business I was running. Um, you know, I felt very successful. Um, I had gotten a divorce from my daughter's husband. i sorry, my daughter's husband, my daughter's father, okay. my ex husband, um, during the fiasco, we call it the tornado time. Um, and I landed myself in rehab, um, did my time there about 42 days. And after that, I took off running singing praises of the behavioral center, the documentary that you guys had saw Rogers and Oconomowoc. Um, I got very, very involved, ran meetings. I was a sponsor, Uh, I still am um, and very involved, but at that time I did public speakings. It was just intense. I was singing the praises of AA and the community I was involved in. And um, so just three years ago, so, you know, fighting for what recovery looks like. So when you become sober in my eyes, it's not just about the drinking or the drug. It is truly about finding what you're trying to numb out and that process, nobody tells you First get sober, then deal with all your mental health and all your trauma and all your PTSD. They don't tell you that you just have to, to, to be prepared. Um, and I was raised by a strong Sicilian mother who you don't give up. You don't give up. And, um, so going through sobriety was difficult, you know, going through recovery. I lost my best friend two days after I got out of rehab. His name was Chad, lost him to alcohol. Um, but going on through life, doing my thing, becoming a mom again, becoming a professional again. um, I land myself in the hospital and I almost die. I was in the hospital for two weeks. I was on life support for over six days. My family had to say goodbye. I was vaping. I got popcorn lung and my lungs almost combust. Um, And they had a prayer vigil and I'm talking 150 AA family members came and were right there to support me um I wasn't going to make it there's tons of media coverage I was going to send you the links but we'll talk about that later um I I I almost died I saw the light I saw the light the whole thing again my my daughter at the time was nine um had to say goodbye to me like it was it was crazy So then that happened December, 2019, December or January, 2020 is in February and March. That's when COVID hit. So I was quarantined for a year, a whole entire year. I was home. I had a student teach my, uh, or I had to stay at home and teach my daughter. I was grateful that I was a teacher. And so I could do that because it was during that time of COVID. Um, And the solitude and, um, And I'm talking, when I say I hit my, my rock bottom, even in sobriety, I hit my rock bottom. When I got an email that the boyfriend I had at that time, um, when I was in the hospital on life support, he chose to go and cheat on me. Mm -hmm. And this woman came forward. I wouldn't even call her a woman, please. Years ago, this, this young girl came through my, uh, professional email and, and, and told me that. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? But it took seeing the light for me to realize this is just right now. And what we make of it is what we make of it right now. This is what we have control over our life, like to make ourselves happy. And I'm not happy because I almost died. I'm happy because I lived and I'm living every day to talk about it, to talk about what I've overcome. I've overcome sobriety, overcome almost, you know, death. Um, I had to get double cataract surgery this summer because of the prednisone I took for a year, which is a heavy steroid, deteriorated my eyes. The the things I'm going through now are going to be life-changing. But every day I live and I live to the fullest, I don't give up the good fight, I don't stay in jobs that don't service me, I've been a cook, I've been a director of sales, I was a teacher, I run a business, I'm out of a job right now, I just got dismissed because I stood up for myself and my job because I know I was not happy and I stood up for myself and got dismissed. You know, so those are the real things, real tangible things I'm facing right now, but it's because of the realization to step up and live and face all of the uncomfortability and face all the challenges and not scour and hide, I I'm happy. I can stand here today and say I'm really freaking happy. I met my my now husband. We just got married in October. Um, you know, he's an amazing father. I have an 11 year old daughter who's incredible, and we have a house of love and realness. You know, so I got that divorce. I went against all odds. I was an alcoholic. I made a jerk of myself in the teaching community I was in because I was drinking all the time. But then I got sober and then I got sick, but then I got better. You know, you just keep going. There is no stopping, Vanessa. There's no stopping. None. And that's why I think I'm happy because every day I can say I either discovered this about myself I looked for the lesson, I connected with someone, I helped someone, I service someone, I smiled at someone, you know, and just making those thoughtful interactions with the public,
2: I think, people you don't know, it's, it's a gift. It is a gift. It's an amazing gift and all of the things that you have come through, you know, and and surpassed and and i'm sure and i can i'm sure everyone can can agree that all of those memories those really really bad core memories are always there but uh what we learn from them and what we do afterward makes all of the difference and i think that with your life you know refusing to stand in a situation and just stay there is one thing but then to learn from it and to teach others and to empower others as you've empowered yourself. That that is a huge gift, but I want to know how did you empower yourself? You know, like, was it a person? Was it a book? Was it the hitting of the rock bottom? Like, what was it for you for every person? I believe it's different, but what was it for you? Brene Brown has been a pillar. Do you know who that is?
0: Brene Brown? Yes, yes. You need to know her even better, Vanessa. She is a goddess. She speaks about vulnerability as if it's a piece of freaking clothing all us women should wear. The authenticity and organic connection that I make with her when I'm reading her book or listening to her YouTubes, it just makes sense. She just speaks to my soul. So she's been one. Um, You know, obviously... Uh, My therapist in rehab was a phenomenal change. You know, when someone shows you your light, Mm -hmm. you're not going to notice it at first. I don't even know when my light happened. But I see my own light now. And I think once people were recognizing that within me, I have this light, they would they would bring it to my attention. And I would say, oh, this is a light moment. This is a light moment and I, and I keep going for my daughter. So that's the big person right there. Every day I get up and say, what would I want her to know about her mom? Mm -hmm. She just said to me the other day, she goes, mom, why do you keep quitting your jobs? And I said, Zoe, because I'm not happy. And until I'm happy and doing a fulfilling job that respects me, honors me, my talents, my craziness, I won't settle. I won't settle. You know." Um, and I think people take advantage of people's sadness and unfortunate situations. And I say that within like the work field and workforce. And I know that I won't spend time with a business or a job or a corporation that doesn't understand the importance of mental mental health and family. That's all we have is our is our health and and our family and the people that we love. And if if my employer is not going to honor and respect that, then I don't have any business being with them. You know. So, yeah, Brene Brown, definitely my therapist in rehab, but my daughter, she's in my driving force. Um, my husband's also in recovery and um, we have that commonality, which is just you can't even speak to it but when you can connect with somebody on those trials tribulations, struggles agony dark bottoms the whole thing it's an intimacy that can never be fulfilled any other way so I don't know if that makes sense
2: (laughs) yeah it does it does and I kind of like that you mentioned your daughter um Excuse me, I have a I have a son through marriage who I adopted when he was 15, because I couldn't couldn't bear the idea of going to the ER or the hospital and being told no, you can't see your child because you're not their birth mom or their legal guardian. So I said that won't do and I made it happen. And then we know we're, we're getting. You know we're, we're being made a family even though we are already a family during covid and so we're on zoom and the judge is like you know if you were here i'd give you a teddy bear but we're not you know so oh. we're, but he's 15 what's he gonna do with well he probably would have kept it but anyway <laughs> so this kid was part of the driving force for me um, going back to school because I wanted to show him that, you know, doesn't matter what happens and you know that you, you end up taking a break and a break could mean 15 days or it could mean 15 years. And it's what you do with that still, even 15 years later, going back to school at 30 something versus 18, 19, because I, I did and then I failed miserably and then it took me forever to get back there, but I did. And so he was like getting to the age where he was gonna get graduate high school and get into college and his mom passed away she passed away like uh during that time and she never finished school and so he really didn't have any kind of like role model for someone that was seeking a career or a future or anything uh beyond what what uh, most you know folks go through which is they they get their job and they work the job mm-hmm. and. Then, Maybe they get a few other jobs and they find one that they're okay with but not something that they love like just get up in the morning and love do and i and i wanted to i wanted to well change that for myself but i also wanted him to see that you know if you chose to go to school it didn't matter when in your life path that you did that you could do just as well if not better because you appreciate all the crap that happened before that and and you it's so weird, like going to school years later versus, you know, when you have all the opportunities handed to you, it's, it's unlike anything else, it's almost as though you, you, you went through life's path and then you come back around with these kids that are like super fresh faced, you know, and well rested. (laughs) Ah, And then you're like worried about your parking ticket. I'm worried about my mortgage. How about that? Right, right, right. Exactly. And it's like for them, they got about five more chances. For me, this is that last chance or it, you know, but it seems like it, I mean, really there's chances, but it feels like, and you, you do that, you study and you act like as though it's your last possible chance. And then so much happens because of that, because you're just like, you know what? I'm not afraid of what could happen or all of the social hangups, right? It's it's not even a thing anymore when, when it's like, uh, you're, you're determined to do something, nothing else, nothing, everything's trivial compared to what, you know, what you lived through. So I, I think that there's a lot of power there's a lot of power in your path, right? And your yes. experiences so much that if we harness that, like if everyone harnessed that, they'd be unstoppable, really.
0: And I think what people don't do is give themselves enough grace to try and harness even a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. You now it's the fear. I look at fear, two things, face everything and rise or F everything and run. And I did the the latter, off everything and run for a long time, but until you face everything and rise, that can't change, you know, like you, you have to head on. And the other thing for me, and and what I heard you just speak to, which is so important, breaking the cycle, we're breaking a cycle. You know, I am standing up for myself. I'm not being quiet. I am teaching my daughter what it takes to be a well-rounded human being, you know, not the best student, not the best soccer player, best human being. Mm-hmm. She is so real because of all of her experiences that, you know, she's gone through a lot too. So we learn from each other. Um, but we are breaking, I'm breaking a cycle. Nobody ever went to rehab in my family. Nobody ever went to college, you know, my family, things of that nature. And just, um, I was told in my face by a family member that postpartum, which is, was a very big thing for me. That's what caused a lot of the starting of drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that postpartum was an excuse for women to not take care of their kids mm. and things like that stick with you, you know, things sure. like that drive me, but um, yeah. And the struggle then medication wasn't a big thing when I was like when I was going through this in my twenties. My dad would call them crazy pills. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be taking those crazy pills. Have a drink when you get home from work. You know, take off the edge. And like it was just common. It was the norm. Right. Um, I finally, when I went to you know rehab and got sober, shared my story, and that was uncomfortable for people. I was a very bad drunk, and people were comfortable judging me but when i got sober people were not comfortable seeing me arrive and come to and and be on their same you know playing field because i have clarity and And things together. So sorry, I'm going on a tangent. No, no,
2: no. I'm curious now because I want to know why that is. Though I really want to know why that is. Like, why is it okay for them to look down on you for all of your, you know, misfortunes? And 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 they don't have to focus on themselves. My family fell apart. My it's only me,
0: my mom, my dad, and my older sister. Right. Mm -hmm. My family fell apart because they couldn't. They had. They didn't have to take care of me anymore. I wasn't the problem all the time. Then our family problems surfaced yeah. and let me tell you that was that was horrible but mm-hmm. we got through it but it's because I chose to stand up and say listen face it I'm not living with a fake family I'm not going to be in a fake relationship this is who I am and I talk about really hard things mm-hmm. so and I did meet Oprah twice when I was on our show the first time and this was like frick ugh, years ago 20 years ago I think oh. She said, I asked her a question. I said, do you interview the people before they come on? And she said, absolutely not. I look and see that person the moment they come on stage because it's the organic connection. It is the organic connection. Uh
2: huh. And that's from me. that is where I think light is birthed. Mm. I, would, I would agree. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's amazing on so many levels. I totally 100% agree with you. And I love that she said that. I do, I do that. I don't I don't talk to people. I don't do pre-interviews at all. Oh man, right? I'm, I hope it just verified this show. I yes, that.
0: I know, right? So I own a wedding business. Weddings by Kate, right? I do not let my couples see the ceremony until I perform it live the morning of or the day of their wedding. And yeah. that's because Oprah told me that twenty years ago, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "Yeah, I was from Oprah." So
2: <laughs> that's but amazing.
0: It works, but it is because that spark. Yeah, okay, that spark only happens in that authentic moment. You mm. can't fall. You can. It's like making real corn or GMO corn. You know, right. organic or not, the organic connection. It's just it's profound to me. And so many people lose sight of it. It's
2: like tofurky. That's not really turkey. Come on, y'all. We're not, we're not falling for it. Tofu. What is this? What is it? Uh, to dirk it? No, no, no. The bacon, the fake bacon and the, what is it? Seitan. That's not cheese. We all know it. No one has made anything that tastes as good as the real thing, but I get it. for some. Oh my God. <laughs> I,
0: I'm a real, I just starting white bread again i'm like i just want a cheese sandwich i just want brownies i want the basics of food i don't want all this carb-free crap
2: right and, and i and i want to preface or uh say apologies to the vegans the vegetarians if oh I- yeah sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry sorry you guys <laughs> food food is food yeah food is food but <laughs> i was thinking one time i gave blood i, I really like to do that especially uh, when i can't But uh, I gave blood one time and the lady said, we're talking about bread. I said, I love bread. She's like, girl, me too. You know what? I said, and this is dumb. This is me. I said, if I had a house made out of bread, I'd be homeless (laughs) because I'd ate the whole damn thing. Like, (laughs) oh, we laughed. And I was like, yep, that's me. I'm silly. I'm silly. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. I know. I'm
0: just thinking of the gingerbread house I made with my daughter's elf on the shelf. And I use the bread and then put ginger inside it. And it was just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I love me some bread and carbs. And it's just, that's another reason why I just eat what I want to eat. I yeah, do. Yeah. 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 I love my body. And that's the other thing at 39. Love my body.
2: Love who I am. Yeah. Love what it's got me through. It's pretty much like a badge of honor now, you know, cause you have all these scars, you have all these, uh, oh. you know bruises or whatever birthmarks um but also um if you have tattoos i don't have any i'm, I'm a wimp but <laughs> for people that do you know i only got 11 around those guys but, tattoos uh, are yeah
0: tattoos for me yeah i have a lot of them but they do they they're like little um when you're going hiking and you see yeah. the mile marker that's what they are for me my mile markers
2: I'm trying to get under the understanding that, you know what, same thing for your face. As as you get older and you, and you get wrinkles here or there, that's your history on your face. Yes. Let it go. I'm trying. I'm not succeeding, but I'm trying. <laughs> you look good. You look well, good. <laughs> I don't know. It's a filter. Anyway, <laughs> I think of Sally Field and I'm like, man, that girl has lived, but she is here, <laughs> Sally Field. Man, I love her. We uh, love some steel magnolias. Right? Seriously. Oh, someone yesterday said they'd never seen fried green tomatoes. I was like, you what? Lived. what? Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I know. All those soulful like, movies. So many movies. And it, it's weird, though, right? It's like you go up to someone and you assume that they know what you're talking about references for movies yeah. and music and then they don't and you're just like how how who are do you You lived right <laughs> what where do you live <laughs>
0: right? not being educated on
2: the like those are pillars those are foundational pieces of growing up no joke like there there's this person who's gonna like get mad well she won't get mad but she's gonna be like why'd you bring it up she know <laughs> what the breakfast club was and i was like excuse me what do you mean you don't know who john hughes is oh that was it Oh my! Where is she from? The states? <laughs> She's not from the moon. She's from <laughs> yeah. or Uncle Buck. Have you seen Uncle Buck? Okay, of course, of course. Hey, okay, yeah. you are a baby of the '80s. Yes, we are soul did sisters. You, did you see uh, what was it? Not Uncle Buck, but the other one, Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. What about Bob? Yes. What about Bob? <laughs> and he's like Bill Murray. I'm a alien i love how and i I don't know if it's just me or but i know there are a lot of people that that were you know kids in the 80s and 90s and you you remember your life via references for tv and movies like you remember certain parts of your life because of that you know everybody knows where they were when urkel was doing the urkel dance you know (laughs) (laughs) know. oh i know i remember when the spice girls came on mtv and i was in middle school oh
0: Um,
2: Yes. So okay, so yeah, I, I'm I'm curious and and you can talk about this as much as you want, but can you tell uh, us more about the tornado time?
0: Yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> so I did not start drinking until I was 19. Mom, my mom had me fooled that if I shared a beer with a guy, I would get pregnant, and I believed her. And um it's things like that that sheltered me and harmed me long term. Um but I drank when I got into college. It was great. It was fun. It was normal. Everyone was drinking. And then you start to realize it was, we got married when I was 23, I believe, or something. But uh, you start to realize there's college drinking. Then there's, you're in your 20s, just graduated college drinking. And then, then there's, yeah, get married, you move out of town, you settle down. so drinking kind of was just always there it was very big in my family but it was every night my husband would come home every night and i was drinking like across the street with the neighbor girl and then you have a baby right and then um i mean i was drinking 5 minutes after i delivered my daughter my family came in with italian red wine and you know food and we were celebrating but then it was when i i felt no connection with no connection with my daughter, and that was really hard for me and um, it was in that moment I knew something was wrong. I was breastfeeding her. It was like three in the morning, and i I knew something was wrong with me because all I wanted was a beer mm-hmm. and I couldn't drink. you know, so I stopped breastfeeding after only two weeks, and then I started drinking, and I started to drink to to numb the anxiety the overwhelmingness the feeling like there was a feeling in me and that was and I didn't know but it was postpartum depression so once I started to realize that I started to go on medication well medication and drinking we all know now Mm. because commercials are a lovely resource right now for certain you know like just those simple things but mixing those two things were not brought to my knowledge that they were bad and that's when a tornado hit okay I got a DUI I I, you know served 24 hours in jail which was the scariest you think I would stop then but no absolutely not um and it was going and going and going and neglecting neglecting having the audacity to stand up to my then husband and, and divorce him because I just didn't want to be stay-at-home wife and I wanted to do all these great things. I know now I had to divorce him to get where I am now. But um yeah I was wreckage. I, I wrecked my sister's wedding. Um I was not a sober mom. I was not a good professional. Um and I just kept going and the people who I thought were my friends never stopped me. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped, obviously I had no business with them I had to cut out everyone in my life except my ex. Not, at the time he was my boyfriend, but um, I held on to him to try to help save him. For five years, I was getting sober trying to get my then boyfriend sober as well. Um, and it was just it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was, I could have really hurt myself or someone, but I didn't. And I was given the opportunity and I was given the chance to successfully get well. And I will always be indebted to Rogers and Walk because they actually paid, they gave me a full scholarship and um, not to have a financial burden and to get sober and save your life is kind of a miracle. So, my halt came to a very strong halt and stop,
2: and so, how did you get there to that facility? My mom and dad came over um, uh, said that they gave you a ultimatum. ultimatum.
0: Yes, my dad was very my dad also stopped drinking that day, and he still is sober as well. So I think my dad was looking at me, looking at him, and said, like, "This is it. This is it." And he got me on the phone, he made me call, they do an interview, and then they take you in. And then I did detox for five days and then went over to Harrington, which is the residential um, place where the residential stay rehab facility is. And I stayed there for about over 30 days, um, met some lifelong friends, learned so much. And, um, you know, because of that place, I am who I am today.
2: And what kind of things did you learn like okay let's just say i heard from a friend yeah that sometimes it's not even the program but the people in the place that save you because knowing that someone else went through what you went through if not worse yeah right?
0: you're you, no longer
2: unique right and you're no longer the worst in the room no and you're like by comparison comparison if this person is like 10 times worse and they're still breathing, they're yep. still alive, they didn't die, then odds are I'm going to be okay.
0: Did it that- is the connection. Yeah, it's that connect you feel like you're home. Nobody goes to Christmas and feels comfortable. Let's be real people. Nobody goes to Thanksgiving and feels, "Oh, this is so great." But when you walk into a meeting, Vanessa, it's it's like you're like you're floating because there is no judgment, there's no insecurities. And you know, somebody else is gonna speak that day or that morning, and they're gonna hit right where your heart hurts, Mm -hmm. you know? But people have to come to those tables ready to be real and raw. You can tell who's not. You can tell, you know, who's scared or fearful, but what you put out in those meetings, you will get back so much more. And yet nothing feels safer than being around a room of people that made choices just like you did. And I'm talking doctors, lawyers, CEOs, CFOs, all these people. And you would never have, I would never be friends with 60 year old men. Come on. Like where in my world? I'm there. Hey. Here I am sending cards to them. They're all there at the hospital. My mom's making spaghetti dinner for all these. And she's like, who are these people? And it's like, these are the people.
2: Yeah, that's your village right there at the time. That's
0: your village. That's your warrior. Those are your people. And I talk about my Fab Five. I talk about that because five people is all you need to survive. And those five people are what you keep close to you who understand you, who you could pick up that phone and call and say, I want to drink or I'm feeling this. You need to have that strong community around you mm-hmm. and that appease everybody else. That's fine. Whatever. Let them do whatever they want to do. Just have that those five people that you need to keep in the loop. Um, and I didn't realize the importance of the people in my life. Like I have a mom. I have a dad. I have a sister but I have a strong relationship with my parents. Now they know what I need and what I don't need. My sister is not an alcoholic. She does not understand addiction, but she understands her sister is now. And that took years of teaching. Not only was I learning, but I was being proactive in teaching through my behavior, changing the uh, cycle. Mm Mm-hmm but you don't get that confidence until you're with people yeah, that give you the time of day to say you messed up, but guess what? So did we, we love you. You won't get that with the common folk. I'm sorry, but you almost killed a child because you were driving drunk. You'll never get that chance again. If you speak and start with your story like that until mm-hmm. you tell your story. Once you tell your story, you are given a right to be heard mm-hmm. because you're you're being vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there. Like that enough, we aren't, not to make this all about addiction, but January, March, sorry, January, February, March are the worst three months for addicts, mental health. And I speak about this because, you know, Rachel Hollis's ex-husband, Dave Hollis just passed. Um, People in the media there's a lot about Post Malone right now going along because of his concerts. So when he's singing, people are worried and concerned. This is the time where people relapse. Mm-hmm. And this is the time where people like myself, if we're not out talking and, and connecting and being with like-minded, that crazy tornado mind, mm-hmm. it can be a scary place, you know, and um, not everyone has the fight. Not everybody has a support. Not everybody has a daughter that they want to fight for or they do. You know, I have addiction through and through my family and it is bad mm-hmm. and I'm not lucky. So if I hear somebody say you're the lucky one, I worked my tail and off and still do to get better every day. People say, why don't you go to the gym and work out? I go, because I'm exhausted for my mental health. I mean, my mental gym workout. Like every day, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elizabeth uh, ugh, Elizabeth Gilbert is another really. Uh, she wrote e Pray Love. Yeah. Yeah. Love her. She uh she said something once on Instagram. She posted about when she wakes up in the war, she has to fight. It is a war, right? Already, you have to wake up and there's a war, and you got to fight it. And there's people, and you got to take care of this in your community, and it's all in your head before you even get up to brush your teeth. Sure. You know, so mental health and addiction, they do run very parallel. They, you know, intertwine, but you have to have a good understanding of who you are. And I lost myself once through addiction, almost lost myself through vaping almost, you know, and I thought I was never going to find love again. That's the other thing. My daughter at my wedding told everybody that I dated a lot of men before I met my now husband Alex. And I, um, I laugh about that, but it's because I never gave up. I I would get rejected all the time, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go on a date with somebody else, or I'm going to go do this again, but I would put my heart and soul into it. But that's, what's the double edged sword of being a passionate person. When you love hard, you get hurt hard, you know, but then when
2: you love hard and you get the right one, shit, sorry. No, no, that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm in favor of that one. <laughs> you get the right one, and it's a. I can't, I can't explain it. He, yeah. Does the right one feel like the right one longer than a year? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Like, okay, everyone has that bubble, and you know, especially when you get married, and you have yep. the first year. Everyone says, Oh yeah, for the first year it's a honeymoon phase. Honey, my my first bubble lasted like not even a month. And after that, I'm like, oh, that's a red flag, I think. But then nine <laughs> years later, now I'm back on my own and kind of, you know, getting back into the, you know, Oh, we could have a whole nother session about that because I will well,
0: tell you. It ha- because you
2: know what you want. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. What
0: you want. And yeah. you'll know right away. He is six years younger than me. He is my Sponsor, my sponsor for five years. It was her son who I never met. Mm -hmm. We never met, and she was my sponsor's son. We met and we've been inseparable, and I can't, I'm obsessed with him. It's disgusting. I love him. (laughs) I want to touch his face and just like, now it's amazing. It's, it is. But you know what? Oh my God. Tell me you watch Bravo. Right. Of course. Who does? Oh my God. Stassi Schroeder, Stassi from Vanderpump's Rules. When she met Bo, her husband, I seriously was like, God, I rooted for her. And she's so happy. And she has the cutest kid, but she's so real. And that's just it. If you can't expose yourself, that is not the person for you. And then once you do find that person, it recreates that whole meaning of life and family yeah. I can give two shits about my bitchy or sorry, two craps about my friends that talk crap sure. because I love my husband and I love my daughter and I love myself to find happiness.
2: And now my career is my next journey. Right, I'm telling you, it's so weird. And, and I think that for me, that was kind of like a turning point was when one half was amazing and the other half was like dying every day. And I'm like, OK, there's something not quite right there. It needs to change right now.
0: Great, but you found that and be proud of yourself for that. And you did something about it. There's two parts you hear it and you take action. Mm-hmm. Action speaks. We say it louder than words, but it is that action piece. I'm done with talking. My last job was all talk, lip service. Where's the action?
2: Right, right. You know,
0: I, I've been around the block way too long, dumb. <laughs> I know what's up. I know yeah, what's going
2: 29. on. So I want for people to hear and I'm going to yeah. play it. I'm going to play that message that you left this. When when did you leave that voice message? Do you remember? It's Probably like at four o'clock this morning because oh, I get up at four. three every morning. Okay, but nice. I love it. Uh, <laughs> let's let's hear this message and hopefully you can hear it. Okay. Uh, once I play it, give me a thumbs up and let me know. So give me okay. one second here. Okay.
1: Um. Am I happy? Uh, I would say no.
0: I try to be happy, but I don't really think that's that's
1: something that's in the cards for me right now.
0: It's not me. Um,
1: I'm not really in the place that I'd like to be in my life, and uh, I've lost a lot of important people. Um.
0: And I. No, I. I don't think I'm happy right now. Um, I'm trying to be happy.
2: We need to call that person. So that was one Um, and actually there was, there's this, you gotta hear this one. So we're gonna play yours in a second, but let's oh, so this one, this one is very, int- and the same message box on Anchor. Normally we have voice messages from Instagram and we have thousands that we're still going through from the year uh, 2020, I was gonna say 2000, but <laughs> let's hear this one.
1: My name is Brendan, I uh, am 26 years old and i have lived in central new york uh, my entire life i've had a lot of opportunities to travel i've been all up and down the east coast um and i spent some time in the military which allowed me the opportunity to um tour some of europe italy spain germany um and i've i've had a blast doing all of this um but i um i'm leaving i quit my job. I um, got rid of my apartment, packed up everything in my car, and am on day one of my road trip to San Diego. Um, and I'm really excited for the new opportunities that life is, um, is gonna throw at me.
2: Isn't that crazy, like he just gave up everything and just went like, it's like, man. That is insane. Like you hear his story. Where is he going? San Diego to do what? Just to see what's out there. To, yeah, like that's he has incredible. No end goal. It's just I dropped everything. I I left everything, and this is, this is where I'm going. It's like incredible. It. I was like. You know, you feel things for them. You're like, Oh my God, I'm so afraid for you. Or, you know, you don't know, but right. something, something happened for him. I mean, and if, and if he hears this, Brendan, 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 Brendan yes. He hear this. Send me another message. Or, you know what? I think I could No, I tried to message him and it wouldn't let me. It said that their podcast was not yet created. So.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Brendan, we want to know where you're at. What kind of car are you driving? Brendan?
2: <laughs> what kind of mileage does it get, sir? Right. Um, let's hear yours. I know I have it. Jeez, oh, I'm like embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Okay, I'm so sorry. By the way, I can't believe. I can't I don't believe. Care. Don't say sorry. Never say sorry
0: to your real friends. How about that?
2: Oh, are we real friends? Yeah. I already
0: girl. I already told you a lot, so I'll just keep oh, it keep I'm it so, sacred.
2: I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> I really love this idea of the Fab Five. And was that an AA thing? Like it was just oh no, a- that was
0: a me thing. Well, I found it. I, I created it, and that's what I would do public speakings on.
2: Oh wow, that's amazing. Okay. So let's see. I'm trying to get, I wish, I mean, it's not me, right? I'm not dumb. Like it totally doesn't have. Like, oh, no, anchor's
0: not very organized. Like they're great platform, but they're not, they're like, right. Anchor,
2: we love you, Anchor. Maybe
0: just call Anchor, us. We'll help Anchor. you.
2: She said it, Anchor. I didn't say it.
0: <laughs> I love you. I love you, Anchor. I just think um, your your platform could be a little simplified. That's all. Good morning. I have some stories to share. I have found happiness after receiving death, overcoming addiction, found my lifelong partner, and now trying to have a family. My life has completely turned around, especially after hitting rock bottom, and I'd love to share my story with you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, I sound so like serious and different. And I was like whispering and I just had coffee, but I was like, I have to call you.
2: I have to connect. That's amazing. I can't believe that. That wow. That's awesome. Did you hear any of the episodes or anything? Or you just saw like the Yeah, I heard one and then
0: I watched a few throughout the day today. And now it's just kind of like, what you know, let me know how we can keep connecting or what what happens and what goes on.
2: I mean We talked about this all day, I guess, on and off, you know, Are You Happy is a volunteer initiative where we take, you know, people that that are wanting to be part of that and Mm -hmm. giving them that ability to go out and interview strangers anywhere they want. And then they upload them and we publish them and it just grows and grows and grows. Right. Currently, we have like, you know, a couple thousand people that are all over the world that are able to contribute. And so, yeah, I mean, please, you're more than welcome to contribute or, you know, also we'll keep an eye out as far as like other opportunities and stuff. So please do. And we have, I just
0: want to be in contact too with you and just let you know that like like a pulse. I need you're like a good pulse to
2: have in my life. Likewise. Yeah. Um, let's follow each other for sure. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what I was, girl, (laughs) girl.
0: So, so you um, just started
2: this, hey, on no, your own? No, 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 not at all. Um, so Afei Trepka and a team of favorites, <laughs> a band of favorites of uh, merry men and women, uh, they created the podcast, or he he started the whole journey. Yes, okay. Them, uh, and then that that. Was the documentary, which is out in March, by the way, Not nice natural plug, uh, but the docu series came from that, and that's where more people all over the world started contributing, and then the podcast, you know, came into play, and he was doing the podcast initially. And he had guests, he even goes into why he started, are you happy? So whenever people ask like, why I'm like, go listen to the podcast. It's all right there.
1: And, um,
2: there's, there's voice messages from Instagram that we still publish to this day. And I personally, I message all of them and say, thank you for your message. And if there's something where I could say something back, I totally will. Cause it's just, it just needs to happen, you know? Um, and I think, um, We had a guest previously where i did that oh last week's guest uh i had reached i had replied to her you know and then she replied back and i'm like well why don't you be a guest like couple years three years later let's do this um, was amazing but she also is on the board for like the nami uh, chapter in her area oh she, i was on i'm on the board nami board yes yeah and i want to be on the NAMI board. i'm a huge advocate for nami and i i want to be on their board <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> but amazing. I just,
2: so yeah, yeah yeah so she's like amazing and so i was like dude we have to have you on this show because this show is just like the you know series online and we get to talk a little longer to people and and really hear their story and share it out, but also ask questions that, you know, most people wouldn't get to ask because you're right here, you know, and what you decide. If people
0: aren't share- comfortable all the time asking. So kudos to you for having, again, that comfortability to approach someone who's willing to also have that conversation, but you do it in such a comfortable, respectful manner. And what people don't get is like, we can share our stories And it, and it should be something that, I don't know, it should be comfort like a comfortability, like people want to wear a security blanket when they go out into the real world nowadays, you know, I, we've seen COVID really affect people differently. And, um, it's good to find someone who feels like a security blanket, like yourself when that I feel like I can expose my stories to, you know?
2: yeah nice I've never been a black I've never been called a black I like it I like it I'm here never- so I just found you on social
0: and I added you no. um and I would love to be in touch and you just knock on my door I'll knock on yours totally well totally well and you're in
2: Wisconsin Is that what you're I'm on?
0: in Wisconsin so I'm about 30 wow. minutes um from Milwaukee
2: Oh, that's where Wayne and Garth went. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, yes. I want to, go. I want to see all these cool places. I, w- I want to go to Wisconsin. So I'm going to look,
0: not, look up. Girl, let me tell you. Come, I'll take care of you. We get cheese curds. We'll get a virgin Bloody Mary. We'll go see the Bucks play. I will ta- I'm your girl. And I say this to you. I say this to you with like determination. We had Canadian folks come down for work one time and I took them out and they had the best time of their life. So I would love to host Oh you. my
2: God. I totally, yep. We're doing this. And then like, <laughs> I had to come home with a cheese head thing.
0: Yes. Oh my God. It will get you one for sure. Maybe even signed. We'll take care Whoa, of it. Oh, that would be amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely get with you on that for sure. Okay. So before we kind of like wrap up, um, I have to ask, uh, of course, if you could share a message with the world, any message at all, what would that be? Um <clears throat> I think
0: you have to be completely honest with yourself in order to live an authentic life to bring true happiness. So if you can wake up every day and look in that mirror and you know you're honest, you've done the next right thing and you give nothing but pure love from your heart, happiness is just going to come. It's going to come to you. But it takes work, like anything. It takes work. Um, But it's there and you're deserving of it. Everyone deserves happiness. Everybody. Love and happiness for sure.
2: Definitely agree. And then as far as like other people that you work with in recovery... Yeah. Uh, message to those guys.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, these these three months right now, you know, I don't know when this is gonna air, but
2: today or tomorrow. Okay,
0: perfect. You know, you guys, I'm with you with the mental health and the addiction and the the boredom and the ostr- ostracization, I can't say it, that COVID has caused some of us. You are fighting every day and continue to fight because people care. People worry, and your life is worth living. And no one bad day can be as bad as not even having the opportunity to live that day. Um, call people because they care. They do care. I care. Call me, email me. I care. Everybody, you know, you're not. <laughs> you are not alone. Nobody is alone. that's probably the hardest thing is to let those people know that they're not alone
2: Mm.
0: and that someone does care and all their mess ups are not worth the self-hatred you could cause, you know, Mm -hmm. we're good people. So just remember that we are all good people and um, if you're listening, you're a good person and you matter. Yes, you matter. And because of you, us, I feel like I matter. So thank you.
2: Oh, yay. I'm That makes me so happy. You so matter so very much. And I'm so glad that you reached out to us and left that message. I think that, you know, from, from your experience, uh, people will hear it. And, you know, there will be many that benefit from it. And then others that may share it with someone else that needs to hear it. So it will get out into the world. And we're so happy to have facilitated this.
0: Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. And I know we'll be in touch. Definitely. Enjoy okay. the weekend.
2: Thanks I for will.
0: having me here. I'll talk to you later, hon. Okay. Be in touch.
2: Love you, your girl. Take care. The Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media, such as Instagram, and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy? The docuseries can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy? The Happy Hour.